Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior professional from Singapore, Mr. Ross Swan. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Look forward uh, to talking. Thank you. Ross is the chief executive and co-founder of Soul Inspired Leadership. He's a perceptive and responsive leadership consultant, coach, and trainer. And today we're going to speak about soul-inspired leadership and coaching. So Ross, before we get into soul-inspired leadership, tell me a little bit about your own journey and what motivated you to start soul-inspired leadership. It, it's certainly been a long journey, Ashutosh. Look, um, I, I spent uh, quite a number of years in the in financial services in Australia, so in the corporate world, hmm. running a PNL, like I'm so I'm used to doing those sorts of things. And I moved gradually moved into coaching. I just felt I it just felt like the best thing to do. Hmm. And the reason being that coaching leaders to be better leaders because I could see just what an impact a good leader has on people's lives, hmm. and that hmm. stretches right through their employees, their families, their greater family, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Mm. And, and conversely, what an impact or a negative impact uh, not so good leaders have on people's lives. Either mm. way, mm. there's an impact because people spend a long time at work. So that's why I wanted to just help leaders to become, managers to become leaders and to, mm. and to really improve on that because it helps such a wide ranging uh, number of people in the community. Mm. So that was the first part of coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I've coached for the last 20 odd years and over that time, I could observe that all the good leaders that I've coached and worked with, and I've worked with many, and mm. I've worked with some uh, quite a few not so good because mm -hmm. I do a lot of remedial coaching I'm mm. asked to mm. do. Mm. Uh, it's it's just that when I found that they actually coach from within themselves, mm. they draw from within, mm. and that's why I call soul and splide. Some people say lead from the heart. Mm. To me, it's the same thing but it's leading from within because that gives you the consistency mm. because you are you. Mm. When you lead from the head, you're actually playing the political game. You're, you're, you're trying to compare yourself to be better than someone else mm. or, or they're better than me, so I've got to, I've got to do something. So you, you're continually in your head trying to compare mm. and that's basic and your own ego. That's what drives that outer ego to, to be the best and, and being the best is okay. But wanting to be better than others is not. Mm. Being the best version you are, that's fine. All the good leaders, they don't play those games so much. They mm. sit in comfort within themselves mm. and they lead with consistency because they're consistently themselves. Mm. When you're the outside part, you just you just bend with the breeze of what's what's the latest wave of data and fads mm. and all these things. Oh, I'll do this because people expect me to do that. Mm. They do what you think deep down. I mean, and I'm saying deep down in your heart, not your head. Mm. People get confused. Very so I'm getting, I'm giving a very long answer. No, 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 no. It's a question. fascinating answer. Thank but, you. But, but people get confused with. It. They think, oh, no, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm listening to myself. Yeah, you listen to your head. You got to really be conscious. What are you listening to? Mm. Very interesting. You also believe in bringing more soul into business. Uh, and I can appreciate because you're talking more of the heart and from yeah. within rather than the brain. But do explain what you mean by bringing soul into business. Well, I guess, look, if you take go back a, a 
a couple of centuries, business started with mm. the industrialised world, generally speaking. Mm. And I guess a lot of people who were working in, in, in that sort of environment weren't educated, so they were basically being relied on and they are being paid for their brawn, mm. not their head. They were mm. being paid for their, their, their body and muscle. Basically, mm. right, and then they and they'd go into manufacturing, still doing that. It's all about the the body and the muscle, mm. and being told what to do because they didn't really know these are very complicated things. Or well, to them it would have been, mm-hmm. but 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 um, over the years that's changed. We now live in a world where we're actually employing people's brains. Mm. We're we're employing them to create and think, think for themselves and create, collaborate. All mm-hmm. that, and yet our leadership style hasn't changed from the industrialized mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. It's changing, but not as quick as the world's changing. Correct. So, and and so it was very clinical uh, at the beginning. Now, to connect and create and help people um, want to create mm-hmm. and be proactive and positive, you've got to connect with the heart because it's mm-hmm. an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference. Business is too much in the head still. Mm-hmm. Mm. You connect with the heart, and you and you and you, you're basically encouraging people to be positive because mm. they are. They do respond to that, Very and so when they respond to it, then ah, oh, now I'm getting the input and the engagement that I I'm, I'm desiring. Mm. Fascinating. And over the years, you know, you must have worked with very, very, you know, many leaders. What are some of the leadership challenges you have addressed? Um, well, the good ones I work with, not much, well, you're just having a chat, but yep. like talking to yourself, we are mm-hmm. now, but, mm-hmm. but, but, but the, and it's, and that like, sometimes the most difficult people that you work with mm-hmm. teach you the most lessons, which is quite often the case. Because um, people often ask me, how do you go from your head to your heart? Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you get how do you get people to go to that? Because I don't go around saying, hey, you should be so inspired that they throw me out the door, right? They, mm-hmm. it, It's a bit difficult for them to comprehend. So you just take them there. So I'll give an example. I, I One person I was coaching and I had a team of about 100 people all mm-hmm. in sort of ears in the office and they're all outside in little desks. Um, and he... He played his head, he played the head game quite successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always competing with everyone else, always trying to be thinking he was humorous, but mm-hmm. really upset people with that humor, uh, too sarcastic. Um, but one day, and I, I was asked there again, remedial coaching. I was asked by his boss, he, he needs help. We've got to do something about it, or he mm-hmm. probably won't be there very very long, right? Mm-hmm. So one day he he berated one of his staff, and I knew some of the staff because mm-hmm. I've been around the office and sitting in meetings and watching him perform, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I knew a few of them. Mm-hmm. And he was, a good, he was a good young man, I don't know, probably around 30 or so. But anyway, he he berated him and being in this sort of larger office, everyone hears it. Everyone sticks their mm-hmm. head up, looks mm-hmm. like, and, and watches it. And and it basically becomes humiliating uh, as well as, yeah, a lot of other things, right? So I, I hear about it and I, I'm, I'm meeting with him the next day and he said, so I said, just just a question. What what what, what was your motivation to be, to do what you did with, mm. let's call him Billy, right? What was your motivation to do that with Bill? Mm. He said, well, 
they're just not doing exactly what I want them to do, right? Mm-hmm. I, like micromanager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just not doing what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I berate Bill, he's quite popular and he's quite smart. So mm-hmm. if I've, you know, I want to show Bill that you've got to be looking at what we're trying to achieve, what I'm trying to achieve here. Mm-hmm. There's no we, there's always I. And and if I do that there rather than the office, everyone mm-hmm. sees it. So I don't, I don't have to berate it and yell at every every other Amazing. person. I'll go, oh yes, oh yes, we better be doing that. <laughs> so I said, okay. I said, let's look at that, right? Mm. So when you look at the economic side of it, let's look at the monetary side. Mm. Do you think Bill was doing much work for the rest of the day? What do you think about that? The impact of what you said. Do you think his mind would be on the job? Mm. Oh yeah, you're probably right. So how much you're paying in per hour? So we worked that mm. out. And I said, look at all the other people around you. They're not working now. They're watching you do that. Then after that, their mind is, I hope he doesn't do that to me, or mm. I feel so sorry for Bill. Mm. Their mind, mind's not fully on the job. So collectively, we mm. add up what's that cost. You just cost your bottom line budget. Hmm. just for those few hours and i suspect it would have went on all day and hmm. i suspect it's still going on now albeit not quite as much hmm. so right. we started to see the economic side of that oh so i said really for half a day they weren't working hmm. so that's cost you straight off the bottom line that much well done <laughs> you've done well there Amazing. then i said now secondly that's the head part he can relate to that hmm. and i said secondly now you know bill right he's a good young man and he's he's a real family person so he's got just had a new baby and he's got mm-hmm. a young two-year-old son. He's put two and a half, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And if you imagine him going home last night, opening the door, going inside, and his son runs up to him and grabs him by the leg and says, how was your day, Daddy? Was it fun? Mm-hmm. And then I just leave it, leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And he, he thought, it, it felt like about two hours, but it was probably 10 or 15 seconds. He, he mm-hmm. thought, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, that was a bit tough, wasn't it? Mm. See, I've gone from the head now to the heart. Mm. See, now we get to, so he could actually understand that was probably a bit of tough. Oh, interesting. Only when he went to the heart. Mm. Oh, interesting. And then he, he went out and, and apologised. Now, it was too late. <laughs> He's done a lot of damage, but at least he went out and apologised. Correct. Amazing. What? Well, thank you for such a great example. You've also spoken about remedial coaching. Um, what does this mean? Well, it just means that example where the example that, that you've given that, that people are are being challenged in their leadership role, mm. and the people they retort to could be a board, could be the CEO, it could be you know the general manager, whoever it is. Mm. Um, these are fairly senior people. Mm. You often wonder why they get as far as they do, but that's the business world. Sometimes they get far and they really go over yep. extend. Mm. And I work with a lot. And I do, conversely, I work with a lot of people that's transformational. That they're younger leaders, and, they, and the CEO wants me to to grow them and work with them now, mm. at which which I do. And that's always a lot of fun to see people grow and experience and their leadership growth. But you work with them because you've got to you've got to help them do something mm-hmm. or they're probably gone. And um I agree. I agree. And like and that people are going to want to lead as you toss. Mm. I'll give you one more example. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is quite a senior person. He actually is in a very large company and they had a sub and they had several so, several subsidiaries mm-hmm. now each subsidiary is about twenty thousand staff globally right so he was in charge he just put into the job mm-hmm. running one subsidiary 
Mm. So he's 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 head of the glo- global CEO MD, whatever his title was, but he had fifteen thousand staff all over the place, right? So mm. the CEO of the total business uh, had yeah, talent management re- contact me and say, look. He's been there a few months and he's causing problems. I'm getting complaints, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Can you go and help him? So I did. And he he was a lovely guy. Mm. Um, so you really want to help him. Mm. Uh, but he just was upsetting people. He was micromanaging. He's putting his nose in areas where he shouldn't be. You know, all these sorts of things. Um, because his prior job, he just had one PA. He was a very, very clever business development person. And he used mm. to do a lot of the major deals around the world, right? So, mm. <laughs> but he always wanted to get this job. He always wanted, because that's your perception. I need, I want to, you know, perception of growth is yeah. let's go up the corporate ladder. Let's get now. I'm in charge. I'm 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 head of the world in this subsidiary. I'm I'm in charge of it. Yay. This was it. So he's trying to do his best, but that's trouble doing his best was causing problems. Mm. So so we over about three or four months. Just through our chats, he started to change, but he 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 always kept reverting back to what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we had a one of our deeper meaningfuls. I finally I asked him. I said, "Look, okay, you know what you've got to do here. You know what the role is. Mm-hmm. By doing what you're doing, do you really do you really believe that's the role?" Mm-hmm. And he's just saying, "No, it's probably not." I said, "Because if they want you to be." He's an engineer. I don't want you to be an engineer. You would have stayed where you were. Mm. Right? True, true. This role is managing other engineers, not mm. you being an engineer. This is mm. role is asking you to be a leader. Mm. So it got to a stage where he understood that. Very interesting. He said, this is your choice. Yeah. So he tried, right? He tried another month. I was still getting the odd complaint. Mm. So he's in another country. So I went back to him and when I saw him again, I said, so now, what what do you what have you done since and what have you been thinking? Because I asked you to reflect on that, and I could sense it. And I was asking the question: Are you comfortable dealing with the ambiguity of people? Hmm. Because people are amb- amb- ambiguous, right? Hmm. And he said, he thought about. It, he said, Well, I've been have been thinking about that. No, I'm not. He said, I just don't like all the people coming to me whinging about things. Mm. I said, well, that's your job. You've got to solve the problem. You've got to clear the way, clear the pathway, mm. do all this. And I said, well, if you're not happy doing it, mm. why? And that's your job. What's that telling you? He said, well, it's telling me I'm probably in the wrong job. Mm. Ah, yes. I said, because really people have got to at least enjoy 75% of what they do in a job mm. to be good at it. Mm. You can't always enjoy everything, but 75% to be good at it. If you're only enjoying 20 to 30%, you won't be good at it. And he he was looking at it, and he just wasn't enjoying it. Mm, I said, so what are you going to do about it? He said, yeah. well, I think I'll resign. Mm. He went to his boss. They put him back to his old job. Now, they hadn't filled it yet. It's mm. only been several months, and it was hard to fill. And he, he wrote me a note about a year later and said, Ross, thank you for putting up the mirror. Because I've got to be true to myself, see, soul inspired, not trying to listen to my head saying, Oh, you've got to do this, you've got to compete, you've got to be the top of the tree. He said that was my head. I, I I'm so much happier. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. So I've got to keep moving on. Uh you know, given your amazing background, Ross, how has your own background supported your coaching philosophy? 
your style and your values? That's my background. Well, background plays a part. Mm. It's not. It's not a. It's a. Well, it's a very important part. Uh, it depends how, what you learn from that background, mm. is the key, right? So it's a. It, it can be. It can be a. Well, I like probably say it's a critical part, but it depends mm. what you learn from it. Correct. Are you learning from your background? Or do you were you learning from your parents? Mm. Were you learning from your experiences when you're in your teenage years? playing in the cricket team or whatever, were you learning when you first went to work or you were just blaming others or were you just saying, oh, I don't like this and, and just think, no, no, I'm going to move something else. You mm. may not be liking it or enjoying it, but the key is you've got to be in learning from it. Mm. Okay. And as I said before, you learn the most from the probably your worst experiences you learn probably the most. Mm. And, you know, how have you been shaped by a number of people? Uh, because, you know, I've had many, many people who have, supported me, shaped me throughout my life. And that helps me when I coach people. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Well, it and that's it. That's learning from people. And that that's, it's taking the good with the bad. Like even mm. those couple, giving those two examples, um, that's what you're learning. You're learning all the time about those experiences that mm. then help you with other people. Mm. And I can, <laughs> well, we could talk for a day and I'd give you a whole pile of experiences of people but you learn from it so you say what's this person teaching me this is not you don't run away from unpleasant people and just stick Mm. with all the people that you you feel good with you've got to take in what if so if you're working for a a very toxic boss Mm. while you're there sure look for another job but while you're there don't just blame your boss and don't do anything so what can i learn here one i can learn what not to do Mm. like yeah, you're looking at things, so you're getting some value mm. out of it. Very interesting. Another question that I have is on culture. You know, you're living in a country which is incredibly multicultural, very diverse. Mm. My question is, how does culture impact coaching and leadership? I, I, I think people behave all around the world, not say in a similar way. The mm. context is all different. Mm-hmm. But what they do behave in similar worlds, they, they, their behaviour is based on the consequences of those previous behaviours mm-hmm. and how either they're toxic, how they've got away with it, what all those e- e- issues are. Um, but the context is different. Mm-hmm. It's the subtleties that can be slightly different. The la- language nuances can be slightly different. Mm-hmm. And that can be even different in a country as large as India because there's so many different languages and dialects yeah. there and same as in China. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've just got to be attuned to those subtleties and, and, and you know, and I don't speak in not, not many languages, but I speak the language of body language and I mm-hmm. speak the language of reading people. Mm. Um, and that's the same no matter where. Very interesting. So I've got the time for two more questions. Mm-hmm. My next question is on uh, older and younger leaders. You know, you gave me a very, very fascinating example about a young leader and how you assisted him in understanding uh, that he was a, you know, went maybe was a little too harsh on his subordinate. And this yet this is the time of the millennials and the Gen Zs who are now getting into leadership roles. Based on your own experience, what are some of the areas these young leaders need to be coached in? Well, I think. If they're being coached or not coached, they should be coaching themselves. But mm-hmm. that my advice for young leaders is that all the good leaders I've worked with, 
all have one thing in common. Yes, they lead from the heart, but mm. lead from the heart means they self-lead. They lead themselves. Their mm. self-leadership is very strong. Mm. They, they consistently believe in themselves. Mm. And that's not an arrogant belief because mm. they're not trying to – if they compare with other people, that's arrogance. All they want to be is better than the day before within themselves. Right. And if that means there becomes a good leader, then they're leading people, right? That's good. Mm. But but the key is, and I've had a few younger people say to me, Oh, yes, I'll do that once I get once I get promoted to leading a team. Correct. I say, well, you probably won't be promoted if you're not doing it now. Mm. Show that you can lead yourself. Because you can't lead others unless you can lead yourself. Mm. If you're just displaying that you can lead yourself and have the discipline to lead yourself, mm. then you're in a better position to get a to, to to get promoted. And if you are, you're in a better position to succeed. Mm. Very interesting. And would you have an example of uh, someone leading oneself? Well, uh, just to give you an example of, of mm. what they could look at doing, right? Mm. Just write down. If, if, like, for example, let's say you're a young man and I'm just coaching you to, to, to move up the ladder. So, okay, Ashutosh, write down how you want people to describe you mm-hmm. as a leader. Mm. And they write, and they, and I get them, they, they write it down. So, don't just think about it. Lead, and, and remember one thing people only mm. ever remember you for how you made them feel, mm. not how you made them think. They'll only remember how you made them feel, rightly or wrongly. That's what they do, right? So, mm. People go through that exercise. Now, okay, when you've got this description, you're not writing a novel, just a little mm. brief paragraph. Give them time to think about it. Then say, now, what have you got to do every day in order for people to describe you that way? Mm. It doesn't It doesn't happen by chance. Mm. You must be doing something for people to do that. Mm. So then we work out the behaviours of what you've got to do. Right. I say, now... Now, you can do that now. You don't have to be waiting for people to report to you. Mm. You can do that now because they're all peers. You can influence. That's all leaders are doing is influencing. Mm. You can do that now. So start doing it now, mm. and that will lead you on the right path. Mm. And when you're getting finding it tough, go back to that those, that checklist of behaviours that you mm. told yourself you want to do. Mm. It gives you the resolve to keep doing it. Fascinating. And my last question to you, Ross, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing understanding and your own knowledge, what would you say are three lessons or three learnings you want our viewers and listeners to take away? Well, one of them is that exercise. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people really, I've seen people turn their career around based on that mm-hmm. on that descriptor, mm-hmm. where they've actually They've shown the discipline to work those behaviours and they've turned their life around, Mm. their corporate life anyway, right? Mm. And now if you're not wanting to manage people but Mm. just being an important individual Mm. because I'm an entrepreneur of one, whatever it is, just still write down how you want people to describe you, Mm. how you want people to describe you as a husband, as a wife, as a partner, whatever, right? Mm. And just do those behaviours. Anyway, so that's the important one. You're sticking to that. Second Mm. one is then... Is is believing is having that belief that you can actually do these things that you mm. want to do. Mm. So because you're not having the belief, then something's stopping you. So are you true to yourself? So you've got to mm. keep reflecting, keep reflecting, and looking at your little checklist of how you want to live your life. Mm. Keep reflecting on that, and then, mm. then you look at now. What did I learn today? Mm. Um, oh, that wasn't a good experience. So what did I learn from it? 
well, that was a good experience. So mm. what did I do right there I can learn from? Or what did that people t- that mm. person teach me? Mm. So continually reflecting those learnings mm. is the key. Very interesting. Fantastic. So and on that note and your three amazing learnings, uh, you know, ask yourself the question, how do you want people to describe you? That's a very, very powerful way of trying to understand yourself. Uh, and as you say so rightly, you know, understand yourself from within rather than mm. from the brain. Second, you said, well, believe you can do it. And third, you talked about reflect and uh, think uh, about where you are and what you want to do. Thank you, Ross, for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your own journey, about coaching. I learned a new term today, which is remedial coaching. Thank you for the two examples that you gave and uh, all your other thoughts on coaching. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck. My pleasure, Ashutosh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.